What is up, everybody? And welcome back to Italian Football TV. Uh, for the entire footballing world, today is obviously an extremely sad day. Pelé passed away, the one of the greatest of all time. Mm. Uh, obviously, Michael and I, we grew up with the stories of Pelé. We never were lucky enough to see him play live. But personally, I grew to love Pelé because of my dad, who uh, told me all the stories about him. And uh, I had posted on Twitter some one of the stories that you told me, and people took a real liking to it. Uh, and they wanted to hear you speak. They wanted to hear more stories from you. Uh, so we decided that we're going to do a podcast and just dedicate this one to Pelé to put our stories out there. And I think Michael and I will act like uh, we'll act like the audience, asking questions where we're not sure of. And I always think that this is the best way to honor anyone. It's just remember the stories For and sure. make sure that we pass it on to the next generation of kids. And hopefully this stays along, just like we did something with Maradona, with Ludovico, who told us so many stories about him. And all you guys love this. So the next best thing for storytelling and learning more about stuff, we want to continue a little series because we know a lot of people like it. And a lot of people in our shoes that really hasn't haven't seen him live, especially the younger generation, which would love to hear stories like that. We did it for Bajo as well. Uh, it sucks yeah, that that's it, right. It sucks that it comes to this, uh, yeah. waiting for this opportunity. But, okay, uh, Dad, first of all, um, I can't even imagine how it felt. You, you Tell us your, your story with Pelé from the beginning. So, I remember Pelé 1970, World Cup. I remember that World Cup like it was yesterday. I used to wake up in the middle of the night to watch the games that were in Mexico. And then, of course, uh, the final... Uh, against Brazil, we were crying because we lost. But when we looked, who do we lose to? We lose against the best. We lost against the king. We lost against Orey. So in a way, that team was from another planet. And Pelé was from another planet. This was 1970. It was, uh, it was a dream to just look at Pelé and see the way he was playing and... I was growing up in a little town in Sicily, uh, and you look and say, I will never, ever meet Pelé. It's impossible to meet Pelé. We go to 1978, only eight years after, and I'm 21 years old, and the coach comes to me. I'm at St. Francis College. He comes to me and goes, you want to go and uh, work at the Pelé soccer camp, you know, for one month? I said, What? I said, you're kidding, right? I said, no, 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 I'm serious. They're looking for coaches. Uh, I think you would be good to go work over there. Well, that night I couldn't sleep all night <laughs> thinking about I'm going to meet Pelé. It's, it's impossible. I, I mean, I, just to, to uh, talk to my friends back in Sicily and tell them, hey, I'm going to meet Pelé. They, they would never, ever believe that, that it was possible. Did you tell anyone once you find out that you were going to work with them? Like, did you tell anyone around you? Uh, or did not, you keep it a secret? No, no, I didn't tell anybody because I couldn't believe you it. Didn't believe I, I thought it was a dream. So I said, no, nah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. They're going to send you somewhere else. And then You're not I meet said, Pelé. if I meet Pelé, it's going to be maybe for the, you a know, second. from far away. It's going to be only a couple of minutes. And then I'm not going to see him mm. again, ever again. So uh, we started on a Sunday. The uh, All the kids would come in on a Sunday. And Pelé would come Sunday night. So that... That night, I couldn't sleep the night before because I didn't know, what am I going to say to Pelé when I see him? What do I say? Uh, and then I said, okay, I have all day to think about it. <laughs> so in the morning when I got up, I said, okay, I have the whole day to think about it. <laughs> uh, go to, uh, so we, we got up, we went to lunch. And as I, we're getting out of lunch, I turned around 
and all of a sudden Pelé is in front of me. And now I'm shaking, <laughs> and now I don't know what to say. And the only thing I could come up with was, uh, it's a great pleasure to meet you. In English, you said this? I said that in English. How old were you two? I 21. was 21. 21. And he said, O placer et tudo meu. The pleasure is all pleasure mine. Yeah. The pleasure is all mine. So I went and I extended my hand to, to, to shake his hand. I figured, at least I touched him. <laughs> he embraced me and he gave me a hug. Really? Yeah. First time you met him? First time I met him. He said, the pleasure is all mine. And he hugged me. Wow. Okay, pause for a second and remember that moment. I, I, what, did, what was going through your mind? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was real, if I was dreaming, if it was still in the middle of the night. And I, I you know, I just woke up because it was impossible that Pelé was hugging me. I, that, that's not real. So I, I, I walked, uh, he went to lunch. I was leaving lunch. I wish I was going to lunch so I could just stare at him. And I figure I'll never see him again. Well, that night, uh, Professor Mazze came to us. He says, Pele wants us all in his room. He Who's says, Professor Mazze? Professor Mazze was the director of the camp okay. and the right hand of, um, of Pele. Okay. He was his personal trainer. He did all the talking. That's when he was a pro? Uh, when he was a pro, yeah. He was, oh, okay. Uh, and also, Professor Mazze was the one that wrote the book, The Circle Training. He's the, he's the one that invented the circle training, which we can talk about. So you had a relationship with him? No, I had no relation. Okay. I just met him at the okay. camp that morning. That was the first but time. He was I met the one him. you talked to, but he's the one that communicated with all the coaches. Intermediary. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and, and how many said, coaches uh, were there? Oh, there were three hundred and fifty kids, and we had one coach for every 10, 12 kids. Okay. So uh, Professor Mazze came to us and he says, "Tonight, Pele wants us uh, to go to his room, and he wants to introduce to everybody, have wow. a drink." So. That night we were all excited. We uh, we all went to his room. We sat there. Pele came in. He said hello to everybody. Shook everybody's hand. Uh, and then he started. He got his guitar and he started singing. No way. I mean, I wish I had a cell phone <laughs> that record. I could video. Yeah. Wait, why that. didn't you just record it on your phone on your iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> so he starts singing. And now, of course, uh, they all do the samba beat, which I have, I don't have any beat on me, but they're all doing the samba and they're all, uh, and then all of a sudden he looks around the room and he starts with the first coach and he goes, okay, now one song from you and then another song from you. Oh, and I'm in the middle of the room and I'm <laughs> You're trying, freaking out, right? I'm freaking out <laughs> and I'm trying to hide behind somebody. No, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't want to do it? Nervous. No, he's, he's going to call me. What yeah. am I going to do? I'm going to sing? This is your idol. Yeah, sing to your idol. Yeah, sing. Right. So all <laughs> of a sudden he goes, uh, Gaetano, a song. Wait, he uh, knew your name already? Yeah. And he says, wow. uh, and, and he goes, uh, and I have no idea. Beatles? And, and all of a sudden, Volare comes to uh -huh. my head. So I say, Volare, ho, ho, cantare, ho, ho, And everybody joins in because everybody knows Volare. Oh, I, don't know how it came to, I don't know how it came to my mind, but Volare is one of the most popular songs ever. That's a very good call to yeah. think quickly to do Volare. I, I, so everybody now is Was singing. Was he singing it? Yeah, of no, course. No, he knew the lyrics. Oh, crazy. Yeah. But the only thing that we did is, uh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then the blue, blue. You know, then I would say, Felice di stare qua su volare. So, and then he, he went around the rooms. 
So that I mean, was that's so that's crazy. That was the first day I met Pele. See, you never had told me that story though when I was growing up. I don't remember that. Oh no, I don't unless I forgot it. Yeah, that's so, a crazy one. Yeah. Did you take a second like in in when you were singing it? Did you think like? Oh my gosh, I'm singing to Pelé singing, or did you forget about I'm it? I'm making a fool out of myself. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. But then it came out okay. because uh, Everyone sang along too. Yeah, because so everybody sang along and yeah. helped me out. Because if I was by myself, I yeah, would have been tough. It would have been but tough. But that's how you remember it. That's how he would remember right. it. You become memorable. If it so was. that was my first day with Pelé. So I figured that's it. Not a bad I'm, first day. I'm never going to see him again for the rest of the week. The next morning... We put the 300, we had a program, you know, we used to get up early in the morning, do the first exercise, uh, like 7.30, 8 o'clock, we used to do the first exercise with all the kids and then go to breakfast. And then by 10 o'clock, he would put all the kids on the stand and then Pele would come and he would show us some technical skills. So one mm. morning it was dribbling, one morning it was stopping the ball, one morning it was heading the ball, one morning it was shooting the ball. Every morning there was a, a plan and the thing that I remember the most was uh, uh, one of the coaches used to kick the ball about 30 yards up in the air control with the chest he used to get to his chest the ball stopped it, it is impossible to do I mean from 30 yards you know the ball is going to maybe go to your feet no the ball used to stop and he used to tell us how he did it he said that the coaches used to tell how he did it when he, when the ball was about to hit him, he would exhale and he would relax the muscles. Mm. And when the muscles are relaxed, that's how he used to stop the ball. The same thing, if he stopped the ball with his um, thigh. thigh, he would relax the muscle so that the ball- It's more soft because it's more soft. And it would just stop. Interesting. And that you always told me. And yeah. you said that he would like retract it. Right. right? You like, you, you pull your And your then it, if it was with the foot, he would just pull the foot a little bit back. So when the ball was about to hit, it would go back and the ball would yeah, stop. Yeah, I know that. Like a pillow. Yeah. No. I remember so, you, you always told so me that. So that, that was some of the, the things that he used to... And the, the other thing that I uh, that I couldn't believe was dribbling. When he showed us how to dribble, he would he would do it with a coach. He would go to the coach and you knew for sure that it was going to the right. You know, everything was on the right all of a sudden. The ball was on the right all of a sudden. The ball was on the left, and he would go out on the left. It, it, I don't know. The, while the ball was up in the air, he would go this way, and then he would go the other way. It was so fast that we, we couldn't figure it out. I was doing, but it was unbelievable. So that was every morning. And then in the afternoon, when we were with the kids, he would pass by sometimes, and he would say hello and pack you in the bag and you know, say, oh, you're doing this. And, he, you know. and then at night... Uh, two, three times a week, we would play a game with all the coaches and he would join in sometimes. What kind of game? No, just pick up game. Oh, playing actually? Yeah, yeah. You mm. played with Pele? Yeah, we, we wow. would uh, we would be in the, on the field there yeah, mm. and if we are like some of the best kids, so let's say we didn't have enough players, we would get like some of the best kids to join in and the coaches would play and we will show to them a little bit of tactics, a little bit, of that, and, and then and he joined in on the games. It, it just once was was he competitive even when he he popped Always, onto the field all the time. Really? All the time. How old was he? Guys? Around thirty five. Right? Oh, okay. So Under he 40, was right? uh, thirty four okay. in nineteen seventy five. He got to New York. He played seventy five, seventy six, seventy seven. He was born in forty. So and you said this is seventy eight. So he had to be thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, thirty eight. But when he came here, it was like thirty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It was about so 34 so in 75. Fresh. Wait, so how competitive was it? The first time that he went on, 
But no, 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 no. He 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 was. Uh, you know, he would take a shot. He would take your head off. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he would didn't take play a, simple. No, 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 no. One time we we were inside the gym because it was a little bit. I think it was raining or something, and he took a shot. He almost took my head off. Wow. You know, that's that's how it he wouldn't was. be a bad way. <laughs> yeah. So you got hit by Pele's shot. Yeah. And he he had to win. Like he was like. Oh yeah, yeah. How I mean, was his attitude like? No, on the, he, on the he film? didn't play the whole game, but he, he joined us for mm. a while, and then he, and then he left. But mm. you know, that's that was the kind of person. But what impressed me most about him is that I thought before the camp I was not going to see him for the whole week. Mm -hmm. He was there every day, the whole time, right? You know, so and he would come and touch. So finally, you know, you get to touch him, you get to to feel him. You 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 you're next to, you know, this the, the, the greatest to me, the greatest player of all the time. Wait, one other thing: you played against him or with him in the game? I played against him. Against him? Did you? Did you? No. Did you ever no, go? No, no, no. I didn't <laughs> did go. you ever go one on one? No, like, no, 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 no. Did you stay away from him or you tried to go towards him? No, no, I was far away. You oh, you didn't want to you didn't want to go in and, and try to get the ball. No, I was far away. But was that scared to get embarrassed, like get dribbled, or you just didn't want to like hurt him or anything? No, I, I, you know, I felt like uh, I felt funny, you know, if I hit him or something, and he gets hurt or something. You know? And then he looks at you. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. So you know, people when he had the ball, you know, you're not gonna go and yeah, you're gonna crazy. Do? You, know, you let yeah. him do whatever he wants, pass the ball, take a shot, whatever he wants to do. If I was marking him, man, if I want a ball against him, I never. I I'd brag about it every single day of my yeah, life. It goes on your tombstone. <laughs> exactly. You, yeah, something like but that. But still, I mean, playing against him—that's pretty sick. No, it yeah. is. It's it's incredible. Wow. But it was not, It was for a few minutes, and then you know, he mm -hmm. just like he he was passing by, saw us playing, he joined, and he left. So how long mm -hmm. after uh, did you tell your family and friends in uh, Sicily? From how many days in the so training then camp? I, when then you told I started, did anyone believe you? Yeah. Then I started taking pictures. Oh, okay. You know, and then uh, I started. And then when I went to to Italy uh, and I showed them the pictures that I'm with Pelé, they said, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible because this is not, you know, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> that I actually got to, to, to be with Pelé and work with Pelé. That's also kind of crazy because Pelé, whatever, um, let's say wh who's a, a player like after their career at 38 years old, like he was so involved in the camp. I feel like there's a lot of players who have camps, but it's just like their name on it because yeah. they'll make money off of that. Like, right. why would they be there? Right. That's, That's what right. I'm saying. Like, why? Would, where was this, by the way? So it was two weeks in Manhattanville College yeah. and two weeks at Trenton State College in New Jersey. So he was there. He That's stayed crazy. at this camp. That's wild. Stay there. That is, that's insane. You would think that he just puts his name exactly, on it. Exactly. And that's, then, uh, yeah. That's yeah. why I couldn't that's believe it. That's why saw. I said, when they told me, okay, you're going to be there, I said, well, I'm probably not going to see him. I'm going to see him once from far away, and that's it. No, I that's actually- I would have expected. I actually touched him, you know, he shook my hand, he embraced me, he was there. You could ask him a question if you want to. Uh, Did you and, ever ask him a question? And, and he always would put, no. He would, always, <laughs> <laughs> he would always put his arms around. There were, there were so many, there were hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. There's always hundreds of people. They are always around him and stuff like that. So, I, you know, I was, uh, I was kind of shy and I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't. Then I, I started talking to Professor Mazzei and then I felt a little bit more. Closer. And Professor Mazzei had his wife there and his wife was the mother of all the kids and he had his daughter. So then I got a, felt a little bit better with um, talking to a Professor. What else happened in the camp? Anything else? Any other stories? Uh, one of the stories that I, uh, I, I just I couldn't believe, uh, one of the weeks, it was, uh, it was the last day of the camp, 
and he was in the corridor and he was leaving and I wasn't up and to pass by, so I said goodbye to Pele. And there were like three, four kids. Oh, in, this is the best story in the corridor. This is this and, is the one that we tweeted about. And uh, and he, the kids asked him for an autograph and a picture. So he stopped. He signed the autograph. And the picture. Although thirty seconds later, there were like 10, 15 kids. Before you know, a couple of minutes goes by. The word spreads around that Pele is leaving, and this is the last day. And before you know, there are three hundred kids in front of him. Wow. And the staff is pushing him, saying, hey, Pele, we have to go. We have a flight to catch. He goes uh, to the staff, cancel my flight. He goes, what? He goes, cancel my flight. Give me a room. We were at the university. We were at Trenton State. He says, give me a room, give me a table and a chair. So we walked in into a room. We got him a chair. We got him a table. All the kids were outside in the corridor. And then we, they made a long line and... One at a time, they went in, he signed each picture, he signed each autograph, and they took a picture with him. Wow. Every single kid. Every single That's kid insane. got an autograph. And he canceled his flight for that. He canceled the flight. He told the staff, cancel the flight. We're leaving tomorrow morning. That's so, yeah, That doesn't what, happen. Okay, that so doesn't happen. for any player, that would be crazy to do. But then when you think about it, you're the greatest, right? You're like, the, especially at that time, there's no dispute. Like, you were the greatest of all time. And... I always loved Pelé because of stuff like this they used to tell me, like the, the, you know, the technical work and what we used to used to make me go to the park and learn from from what you learned from him was great. But these sort of stories and then the other stories that you hear about Pelé as a person, and we have a few people that have known Pelé, um, and they say just him as a as a man, as as a human, the way that he treated other people, he would make you feel like the most special person in the world. So the thing that also I remember about him, he was uh, what a simple person he was. So you would think that somebody like that, you cannot get close to or you cannot talk to him, but he was very, very simple man. And one time he spoke to the coaches and he said, you know, he goes, soccer is a very simple game. He goes, but some of the players make it complicated. Mm, what does he mean? What did he mean by that? Well, he, he meant that... Uh, Sometimes, you know, you see the, the, the players that don't get along with each other or they don't pass the ball or they, uh, they, they have a fight. Because it's very simple. Soccer is a very simple game. Stop and pass. Stop and pass. Stop and, and pass. And um, I never forget that. that those are some of the, uh, the, the, the memories uh, from, uh, from Pelé. Um, But then I never got a chance to meet him again after that. Uh, I saw him many times at the stadium, at the Cosmos Stadium, at the, and I had all the pictures with me, but I never got a chance to, to go up to him, and, and uh, he was always surrounded by people, you know, by yeah. people, by hundreds of people. And uh, so um, that was one of the things that I wish I would have, uh, I, I would have uh, had a chance to, uh, to meet him. And then my team went to, uh, I was playing for an over 30 team. Uh, and one of the players, Nelson Moraes, who was a very good friend of uh, Carlos Alberto and, and Pelé. And he took the team to Brazil, uh, but Pelé was not going to be there. But Pelé gave him the keys to uh, Nelson to go to his house and uh, let the team, uh, which they told me his house is a museum. 
<laughs> with all the shirts and all the trophies that he has. I I missed that trip, but I wish I would have I would have gone. So I got a chance to to play with Nelson Moraes, who was the he was the left fullback of the New York Cosmos, and it was somebody that Pele brought to the Cosmos mm-hmm. after he left. He played after um, after him, and uh, also Carlos Alberto. He uh, Nelson brought Carlos Alberto to play with us, uh, and I played three games with Carlos Alberto, and Carlos Alberto was the captain. Yeah of the 1970 World Cup. And we were in, in the same locker room with uh, with Carlos Alberto, uh, you know, and I was looking at him, every move, everything that he did, I was looking at him, what he was doing. Did he have any stories about Pelé? Did he ever share anything in the locker room? Uh, he, we just talked about some, some of the tactics about the game that we were about to play, but we never, we never talked about uh, any of, of the stories. Uh, but they asked they asked Pele why he was uh, he was never the captain of a team, mm. and because uh, he was not the captain for the Sanders, he was not the captain of the Brazilian national team. Uh, Carlos Alberto was the captain in 1970. They said, well, "Why weren't you the captain? Well, aren't you a leader? Weren't you the one that represents uh, your team?" And he goes, "Because uh, I'll tell you why. Because we have a captain that is allowed to talk and lead." with the team, with the referee, but be mean Pelé, I can also have a chance to talk to the referee. So now you got two people talking uh, to the referee. That's <laughs> fun. And, and two people that are leading uh, the team. That's actually interesting. Yeah. Never thought about that before. Yeah, so that, that was his explanation for not being the captain. And then to to close on, on the, the part about the camps, uh, I always remember, and I know you have this in your office. Uh, we'll pop pictures up too of some of this stuff. That on your birthday, you received um, this letter from him that you weren't expecting. This is like months after the camp had ended. No, uh, so during the camp, it was my birthday. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I will find out. I'm sure one of the coaches that was my friend must have told Professor Mazzei, "Hey, today is Gaetano's birthday." So Pelé got me a picture and he said, to Gaetano Messina, happy birthday, Pelé. Wow. When did you get that? Who gave it to you? That I got it uh, that day. Same day? Yeah, that day, that night. You know, I got the picture, which I, uh, you could show that picture. And, you know, when I saw Pelé, I told him, I said, you know, I cannot thank you enough for, ah, I go, that's nothing. Was. Then this was uh, in the summer. Christmas came. Okay, so it's this. Christmas came, and I got something in the mail. Pele Saka Camp. So I I open and there is a letter, and it goes, Dear Gaetano, in appreciation of the work that you did during the Saka Camp, we really appreciate all your support in this historical year because that was the first year. They did it for uh, three four years but this was the historical year was the first year mm-hmm. he says we'll um, we'll really appreciate all your work and I send you the letter you can send and then signed by Pelé and inside there was a watch and the watch uh, inside the watch it had the name Pelé and the seconds is a little soccer ball that goes around <laughs> oh, awesome. the seconds. you still have that watch? of course <laughs> 
Stupid question. <laughs> where is it? You can't even tell me where it is. Yeah. We're, we're gonna find it. Gonna find That's it. gonna that, be my watch real soon. That is priceless. <laughs> that watch is priceless. Is you there any? The, there's no money, amount of money that you would get. No. No, Come on. No, no, that's priceless. If I give you $100,000 for that the, watch right now. No, no way. A million dollars. The the letter, <laughs> so I have the letter, which you could show. I have the birthday picture, and then I have the pictures that with him. And I have a few soccer balls, too, that he signed, um, that I have signed, and I have, uh, I put them away. And then I, uh, in one of the charity events, I bought one of his pictures, a big picture like this mm -hmm. signed by yeah, him. Yeah, it's a nice picture. The, uh, blow, the blown out picture of the... Oh, yeah, 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 I, I've seen that. Yeah, the one he does, a scissor, nice. he does yeah. a scissor kick. Yeah, yeah. I did that for charity. And of course, I have, you know, I have his shirt. The... From... Uh, those were... That always uh, hit me the most because it's how he always went the extra mile. I think that you always explain that to me. And he was such a good role model, even though I never saw him play. And that's, I think that's the weirdest thing is how sad I feel that he's gone. I never watched the man play. I didn't grow up with him. I grew up with his stories and I've seen the way he impacted you, obviously. And I grew up with all that and I've watched the videos and his highlights and stuff, but it's the way that he's made everyone feel and the way that he went the extra mile, even off the pitch. He was such a perfect example for, for young kids. I think mm -hmm. that sort of professionalism was the thing that hit me the most about Pelé. So if you could think, and this is for all uh, all the audience, all the IFTV, if you could think, if there's a person that you want to meet, somebody that you really would love to meet. Your idol. Your idol. And you think about it and say, you know, when I meet this idol, am I going to be nervous? What am I going to say? How is it going to make me feel? Because I met a lot of people during my, uh, my my 40 years at the airport. And th there are some people that they make you feel nervous. There are a lot of people that you cannot talk to. There are a lot of people that uh, even before they come to the counter, somebody comes before and say, do not ask for an autograph. Do not ask for a picture. Do not talk to this person and this is a very famous I'm not going to say the name but they are very very famous people so when they come they make you feel uh, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit uh, they're above you yeah and don't get close to them which is fine I I respect that if that's the way they want to do sometimes these people they get bothered every two seconds it's you understandable know, yeah. you know the, the, the whole day 24 hours they always uh -huh. taking pictures of people about, and at one point they need their privacy so I understand that but one thing about Pelé is he made me feel welcome from the moment that I saw him and he made me feel like I could approach him and talk to him at any time like a friend yeah it was it was like you know sometimes he was walking he was playing tennis so one over there also, Manhattanville, I saw him playing tennis. They told me he was a great tennis player. And sometimes in the afternoon, he would play tennis a little bit just to stay in shape. And then he would walk to the grounds, you know, and um, it would not make you feel like nervous. He would come and pat you in the back. He wasn't intimidating, right? A very simple person, you know, felt like somebody that you could talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, and somebody you can approach and, and say anything. 
And the same thing was Professor Matsei. You can always, you know, talk to, to him. So the last day, the last day of the of the month, because we worked four weeks, the last day of the camp, I, I wanted to buy something for uh, Pelé. But what do you what do you buy for Pelé? <laughs> you want every, to buy him a that, gift? That I want to buy him a gift. That has everything. The man right? has it all. Yeah. And this I probably never told you. No, I don't know. Because I thought it was stupid, so I never told anybody. <laughs> Good time now. Now I can tell everyone. Listening. So why do I buy Pelé? What the hell do I buy him? And also, if I get something to Pelé, I have to give something to Professor Mazzei, which he was the director of the, the camp. Mm-hmm. I go to um, can't wait to hear this one. 18th Avenue. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me you got pastries. I was just about and to, I, I was and I go about. to uh, international uh, uh, that store next to Villa Bate where they sell all the Italian uh, the records. The record. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the hell did you get him? Would you get him a fake Messina jersey? <laughs> I, I got him a, an LP. You know what an LP is? LP. So an LP is a long plank. The 45 is the is the small record, which you only have one song. The LP is the big, uh, where you have uh, about 10, 12 songs. Was it music? I bought him a disc. Sicilian record. <laughs> oh, wow. Like the, the big disc thing, right? Yeah, the big disc. What the hell? I what made you think of that? Because I said, the what singing, do I give him? I, I come, oh, yeah, they're singing. I come from yeah. Sicily. He loved music. Mm. He was playing the guitar. Not terrible. Not and then terrible he idea. went around <laughs> okay. and he got into Italian music and he got into South America, samba music, tango. He got into a little bit of everything. So I said, let me give him a Sicilian tarantella Oh record. It, it was between that and Arancini. So he was like, <laughs> this doesn't go bad, so I'll give him that. <laughs> so I gave one to Professor Mazzei and I gave one to him. Did you really? Wow. Yeah. What songs are on it? Do you know? Oh, shuri, 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 do tutto l'anno. So like a popular, uh, so, a popular. You know, just these, a bunch of Sicilian songs. Yeah, all the Sicilian <laughs> songs. Yeah, you should have, when you, when you did see him, you should have told him that. I wonder if yeah, he, he ever listened to it. I'm sure you would have remembered. Yeah, I don't know. If you showed yeah. him a picture, probably. Maybe if you ask Professor... Is uh, Professor Matei still that? around? No. no. No, no, Professor. The daughter. So I met the daughter. That's really funny, by the way. Was <laughs> You don't know if Volata was on it, right? No, no. Volata was on it. It's not Sicilian. It's, it's all Sicilian music. It's not a bad... It's actually not a bad... Yeah, I, thought so your, then, I thought your gift was going to be way worse. And the Tarantella. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have broken all these. <laughs> Apparently, that's what I do. So I met the daughter years and years after uh, at one of the, uh, you know, when I was uh, elected in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. She was there. And um, she wanted to do something about Professor Mazzei. She wanted to do like a story, a film. And uh, I said... I said, listen, this is my number. If the, he, uh, he impacted me a lot, Professor mm-hmm. Mazzei. I said, if there's anything that uh, you need from me, because uh, I'm working on something, because I'll let you know. But then she never she never called me. Uh, and probably I could have asked her if they if, if they, uh, ever if they had yeah. uh, that, uh, if they had that record. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I actually, I, I, you know, I'm not just saying. I, I bet you he did just because of yeah. if it was anyone else, his character. Like I've heard, I've heard Ryan try to give gifts to to some players, oh, and for sure they never, they never <laughs> check what that is. <laughs> Ryan, we'll, we'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll that, that's an off-camera kind of story. Uh, but that story I never on. told anybody. Yeah, that one you didn't tell. Me. I think that's a good story. I, I, I never told anybody. That was good because wow. I thought it. You know, I thought it was stupid. I said, well, uh, you know, is he ever going to listen to it? But then I said, listen, this is where I come from. 
This is a, he told us his story and where he comes from. Yeah, he good. came from the poor people. He came from uh, the street, yeah. and then you know, and, and I think that's why he was so humble because he he came, uh, you know, he came from uh, from the street, playing uh, in the streets, uh, you know, with nothing. Mm. Um, Do you kind of relate to that? Sometimes he didn't have a shoe. Because you always told me stories about in Sicily. Well, you know, when we grew up, we didn't have any money. And uh, we would put 10 cents each. And if they have 20 people, and then we would buy a soccer ball, you know, those plastic soccer balls. At the supermarket, right? Yeah, so some The super, what's it called? There's one in in Italy that everyone always uses. Yeah, I don't remember, but we didn't have... So with uh, 10 cents each, 20 people, we would buy a soccer ball and then we play in the street. Till it popped. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't have a, I didn't have any shoes. I didn't have any sneakers. Uh, what, you no, play with church shoes no, or something? No one uh, always screamed and yelled at me because I, I would make a hole on the bottom of the shoe. The Super Santos? No, no. That's the one it's, that that we used uh, at the beach. At the beach, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, but yeah. something that's like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's just like that, but different color. Uh, but probably... We, we use that, yeah, something like that. Because this is the one I always remember. Now. Right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that we would mm. buy because it was cheap and uh, we would play in the streets. So did that make you relate to sort of obviously different different countries, different uh, environments, but like sort of similar in that way that like he kind of gave hope? Yeah, yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, so, you know, the, the kid that came from, uh, from the street and, he, you know, he became uh, the best player in the world and of course that was our dream you know we played in the street and you think that uh, maybe one day you know you could you could make it you could make it big hmm. but uh, yeah the, that relation that to grow and not have sneakers not have shoes soccer shoes not have a, you know the ball to play with um that was uh yeah we, we could uh, relate to that so when I when we texted because we texted yesterday obviously when we found out about his passing the first thing that you said was an even greater man than he was a player right because that's what professor said I remember always what professor said he says before you become a great player you have to be a great person you have to be a great man mm. if you're not a great man you, you be cannot a become a great player and I always remember that that was Pelé's so, philosophy that was Professor Mazay's philosophy, yeah. and that's what he was trying to teach the kids. Because he, had, you know, we had 350 kids every week. It's a good so, message. You know, it was like character. You have to have a, a character before mm-hmm. you can become. Yeah. Because a lot of the players, they could have all the skills that you want. Mm. They could have the talent, mm. but if you don't have it up here, yeah. you you you're gonna. You're going to get lost somewhere. And that's Pelé's trainer. So obviously that's the same philosophy that right. Pelé had. Right. Well, that's a, I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, I have some quotes from him too. I want to read them uh, after. Uh, Mike, I want also you, because um, I think there's a couple aspects. I have a Pelé story mm-hmm. um, that I'll say, but I think his impact when he came here, especially for us growing up as New Yorkers, uh, there's a lot of Americans who did not like the sport. Obviously we grew up in... I grew up in an Italian household. You grew up in a Greek household. Or your mm-hmm. dad loves the game. Yeah. We love the game. It was part of our culture. But that's not the same story for everybody that grew up here, right? Basketball, baseball, hockey, all this stuff. I always remember our professor in sports management uh, that hated soccer. Yeah. Like every day we would walk in and just fight with him. He would always make fun soccer. of him, make fun of the didn't sport. Like it. Didn't like the sport. He didn't grow up with it. But the one thing that he loved and the one thing that he would talk about is Pele. We would say Pele. 
Pele was the best. He goes, yeah. he was the only thing that brought him interested into the game. And that's because he came to the New York Cosmos. It's because he grew the game here. And I think it's because of the messaging that he gave. Because I was even watching him after a game and he's like, he just puts his hands up and he's like, love, love, love. It's all about love. Like he spread such an important message and he came up at the time where TVs were popular and he became this like global icon. I even saw like a uh, an advertisement in Mexico, I think it was, where it said, nobody's working today because Pelé plays. Like that was sort of the impact he had. For you, because you came, obviously you came from Italy at 14, right? You went from Sicily to America. What was the change that you saw? I think my timing is still okay. What was the change you saw before Pelé arrived in the United States and then after? Well, when I arrived here... He wasn't uh, here already, right? No, I arrived in 1972. And Pelé came in in 1975. Okay. Well, okay. So those years so before... The years before, soccer was played uh, just f for the foreigners. Yeah. So I, in high school, I went to high school, and we had Yugoslavians, we had Greeks, we had uh, Bulgarians, we had Hispanics, South America, Ecuador, yeah. Colombian. Our team... And then also from the uh, Caribbean islands, we had Trinidad, Tobago. So our team was all foreigners. Mm -hmm. I think there was nobody from... No Americans? No American. Wow. It was all foreigners. That's crazy. And that's how we were playing at, um, at the high school level. Mm -hmm. And then on a Sunday, so this was the high school. On a Sunday, I would play... Uh, my first team was Fiorentina Juniors, and then I went to Palermo Juniors, and then I went to Brooklyn Italians. So we, uh, it was all foreigners. Uh, Fiorentina was all Italians, and we had a few South Americans, we had a few Europeans, and the same thing with the rest of the, the team. So uh, New York was the melting pot, Brooklyn. We grew up in Brooklyn where we had, uh, this is what, uh, when 1975 came, all of a sudden, everybody got into soccer. So now, also the Americans got so, so then at that point I was in I went to college 1975 and in college a lot of the foreigners but we had three or four American kids playing you know, so and then I saw the development little by little little by little mm -hmm. and like you said before in the previous interview soccer became the most popular sport in the United States I think in the last 20 years Soccer is the most uh, up until uh, uh, the age of uh, that you go to uh, college. I think up to the age of 18. More than basketball? I don't think more yeah, than basketball. It became the most popular sport. Maybe fastest look. growing? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay. The Fast most growing. kids that played the sports were soccer. Wow. If you look in the, in the last 20 years. And it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much what, what, we, what we thought. Um, yeah. It's crazy just to think of, of what he did for, for the and sport. One other thing about Pelé that I don't know if you know about it, but he went to play in Africa and they stopped the war to see Pelé play. Yes, we heard about, I heard about this. Yes. 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 Yeah. He, there was a war, there was a civil war going mm -hmm. on in the country. I don't remember which country it was. And Pelé was playing, Santos was playing the next night. And both parties, they agreed to stop the war so that they could go see Pelé play. Okay, one other yeah, question about that. that. I forgot what it was. I don't want to assume, but I feel like Sierra Leone's popping into my head. I, I forgot. It was, yeah, it was definitely an African country that was going through a civil war. And that's why they said even 
even our culture could stop wars. That's yeah. how powerful. I remember they made, they made like a slogan after that. That's yeah. how powerful it was. Okay, question. Because I've seen this going around. Um, and then we're going to ask you, obviously, the inevitable question. But when they did these friendlies, right? Because I know a lot of people were saying, and I'm trying to gauge from you, they played these friendlies all around the world where they play against Roma, they'll go to Italy, they'll go uh, Benfica, they'll play everybody. Yeah. Were they really friendlies like we know today? Like friendlies, now nobody cares about friendlies. Like, were they more serious back then? Because they did this, like, world tour? I think once, uh, you know, Pelé got involved, I mean, if you played against Pelé, you wanted to show your yeah. best, you know? And you wanted to show, hey, I stopped Pelé. Exactly. But this guy was going four or five goals, uh-huh. and even in the friendly games, you know, seven, eight goals. So maybe if you played two other teams, you know, they, it was not that uh, they were still on vacation when they came here. But if you played against Pelé, man, you you wanted to be your best. So I and and then he would still score you four or five goals. Because that's always the argument against him is that he never played in Europe. But mm-hmm. like from what I've heard, but he played in the World Cup. He played against all the European exactly, teams. The top. And then, but he, they won. He, Santos won the Intercontinental, no, against uh, Benfica. Yeah, and then you know he played against AC Milan. He plays against. Yeah, the, he played, he played but that's what I'm saying. People say they're friendlies. Yeah, he went to Sweden. Yeah. I think he played there. But I think people uh, players who still wanted to stop Pele. Of course. Yeah. Because he was the best in the world. He was doing friendlies all over too. Right. I was reading in the paper. I, I remember, uh, and now don't quote me, but I think Trapattoni was picking him up one one game, and um, you know he goes, "I'm going to stop Pele." <laughs> uh, and uh, the guy was unbelievable. He would go through you like nothing. But he went through. It was definitely a world tour because he was going through all different countries and stuff like right. that. And they were selling crazy tickets because it was Pele. Right. I was reading the Greek paper too. He they did a like a Greek uh, friendly tournament over there. He plays against three Greek teams. Right. He beat two out of the three. But they were saying the amount of people that came and showed right. up. It was just to right. see you know uh, someone yeah. like Pelé was like insane. Right. They couldn't I'm, believe. I'm it. sure against those teams you didn't have the best defenders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so it would be easier for him to to go through them. But yeah. still, when you think. Let's think about us playing in the park <laughs> and we're playing against players that are not that good. It's still not easy to score. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right. Even when I, you know, I try, oh, this guys are no good. And then, it's not easy to score a goal. Even Maybe get past for you. Them. Not easy to get past them. <laughs> it's true, though. And, for yourself. and the man with Santos, I think he scored almost one goal a game. Over, oh, I think it's 1.3 or something like that. Yeah, like 680 something. That's uh, insane. I mean, all the statistics that you said yesterday, Pelé is number one Yeah. on the percentages. And ratio. Oh, it really, I, I, ratio. I personally, I hate the argument of who's the best. I, I think that it's so <clears throat> overplayed. And like, I also believe you can't compare generations. I don't think that football then is different than football now, but I don't take away from what football was then. Because for me, Pelé was the best, but guess what? He was going up against the same that were the best at his time. You right. can't compare today's player to back then no, because right. an average player today, physically, right. he, he retired from the national team at 30 years old. Like, right. we're completely right. different. You, you, yeah, pretty, right now, 30s, you uh, consider a prime of your career. So what do you, th- what do you think high. about that? No, no, I agree with you. I mean, he was going against Beckenbauer. Beckenbauer was the yeah, best the, uh, the best sweeper that ever probably lived. So he was going against them. He was scoring against the best defender of the world. So, you know, that's the comparison you have to make. 
you cannot make and say, okay, Pelé playing in today's uh, the players. No, you have to compare Pelé, the mm-hmm. era that he played. Yeah. He played against the best defenders of, the, of his time because in the World Cup, you meet the best teams in the world. You know what's so interesting too? Uh, when he grew up, he had, there was no TV, right? I know that the first World Cup, 1950, it was on the, ra- radio, on the radio. Yeah. He was listening to it. I only say this because I was just watching his documentary last night. And uh, so he also didn't have as much research that we have today. Like there's kids that they were just watching YouTube videos all day of tricks and all this kind of stuff. Like you grew up with watching your inspiration. And yes, locally, obviously he was able to see players, but he built, and I'm not just saying him because there's definitely players before him, but he popularized so many things that other players went on to build on top of and obviously become better because that's a natural progression Mm. of anything in life, but especially a sport. So he was one of the first or maybe the first to popularize certain moves, certain tricks. Even they say the number 10 to an extent. Like, what was the number 10 really before Pelé? Was there? Yeah, I mean, the number 10, yeah. There, there was uh, Rivera, there was a the number 10, there was uh, other players that uh, that number, the number 10 represented the, the, uh, the regista. It represented, you know, the guy that can score goal and he can make a beautiful pass. So yeah, th- there was. Uh, I mean, I remember some of the best ten. You know, that those were okay. But first, to say he was the first global. Yeah, he was an icon, uh, definitely in the was, world. He was the mm. yes, definitely. And um, it's funny that one of the Swedish teams study Pele, they study all the moves as he was uh, getting more popular, more popular. Winning the first World Cup, winning the second, 58, 62. They played them in the final, right, Sweden? Uh, and they studied him, and all his moves, and he, if we get the ball this way, if we go right or if we mm. go left, and and trying to teach the defender, hey, when he gets the ball in this position, he will go left. Well, he played against Sweden. He put the ball through the guy's leg so many times, <laughs> and he, he faked the guy, and he scored goals. Oh, gosh. That's how good Pelé was. Oh, wow. Um, I, I know I said I really don't I don't like the argument. I think that there's so many great players and like we're first and second and third. Like it doesn't matter. And I, I really believe you can't compare Messi and you can't compare Maradona and you can't compare Pelé. For you though, and obviously it comes down to personal preference as well. It's who you grew up with. For you, Pelé will always be number one. Pelé to me is the greatest of them all. Okay, so I didn't see before Pelé. I didn't see anybody play before Pelé. Some people say Di Stefano, Puskas, you know, they were great, great players. I didn't see them play. I don't know much about them. But from uh, the um, mid 60s to until now, so I have seen uh, all these players. I've seen uh, from Pelé to Ronaldinho to uh, Messi to Ronaldo. Uh, Maradona. Maradona. I have seen all of them. The greatest of them all, to me, is Pele. Mm. One, three World Cups. The it's only player to do three World, World Cups. Cups. Seventeen years old. This guy scores three goals on the semi-final of the World Cup, and then he scores two goals in the final. They were at seventeen, and you win three World Cups, and then for the great person that he is, to me, is the greatest. Yeah, I always wow. knew that. For you, for you, is uh, 
And and that's how it is. Your experiences change everything. You know, how you grew up with a person, especially at a young age, those things kind of impact. Like, okay, I'll say this. Like, I'm biased for sure that, like, when I grew up, I had players like Totti and Del Piero and Buffon and Cannavaro, Maldini, players that, like, today's game, I'm not saying that they're not as good. The players today are not as good. But just because they they impacted me at such a young age, at like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, that they're the crucial years where you form like a love for the game, doesn't matter how good the next players are, they'll never, they'll never be better than them. You have a special place for them. It's not a knock on the players today. You hold them at a higher standard. And you know what's funny too? When you look back in memories, you don't remember all the mistakes mistakes and stuff too. You know, like you don't remember the missed goals. Like you remember just the emotions that they brought you. So that's sort of how I say it. Like, if you think this player is the best, like, they're the best to For you. Sure. But everyone has something different that they feel. Yeah. And also the longevity, you know. This, this, he started at 17, and, you know, he's playing, uh, you know, until 30, played at the highest level ever for all those years. And then he retires, and then he comes back here, and again, he plays at the highest level. Yeah. So... um. So that's to me is the greatest of them all. My mem- one of my earliest memories of Pelez, we were all together. It was the opener for the Cosmos, and back then I feel like he he always attended the first match of the season, right? Like 2013, 2014. Yeah, years, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And what um, we were always by the stand. I remember pretty distinctly. It was a hot summer day, right when uh, they were playing, and we we're talking about it too before Marco. Instead of instead of watching the game, a lot of these players. The game was that way, and he was sent. He was in the stands in the back, and like the box, the VIP section. Everyone was turned around, <laughs> trying to talk to him, try to hold his hand or get something signed. And he just kept pointing back, ah, watch the game and stuff like that. He just caused some an insane uproar in in everything, and he just brought the love of football. Just because he was such a loving soul, I feel like you wanted to get into it so much more. Even if you didn't, people that didn't really watch soccer, they went there just for him and. They wanted to get into it, even though it was say it wasn't their favorite sport or you weren't into the culture as much. He just gravitated towards that, and that's what made you wanna made you wanna learn about the sport and you know. I love it. Nice way to put it. So, so when you go to a soccer camp, you're trying to get the kids to always move around, right? Yeah. You, you as much as possible. Let them move. Don't stop because otherwise, then they get bored or they they start playing with the grass or they, they mm-hmm. lose. Uh, so one of the coaches in the soccer, so in the morning we will put this 350 kids in the stands and then Pele will come and he will show all the skills. And so they would stand there for a while to, because we would, and one of the coaches goes, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to have all these kids just stand there and not do anything. They should be moving and... <laughs> Professor and all of us, we turned around to the coach and Professor Mazzei turned around. He goes, he goes, you out of your mind. Uh, we were waiting for him to come there and to show us the skills. <laughs> I could have sat there for for hours. I wish that I just to watch him do the skills, kick the ball, dribbling, head the ball, mm-hmm. teach me how to stop the ball. That was the best. That was the best time when Pelé was there. Oh, or uh, juggling the ball. I mean, he would start juggling the ball <laughs> like <laughs> like nothing, right? Oh man! And he would he would say, you know, professor would say, just focus on the ball. You know, when you juggle the ball, look, look and focus, focus on the ball. And and 
he would pass the ball from his foot to his thigh, to his head, to his shoulder, to the other shoulder. And we were there like amazed. No, no, don't go away. Forget about yeah. uh, let's teach the kids anything. <laughs> it's those just, kids. Yeah. Teach us, teach us. <laughs> you know, and the kids were, and the kids you were, were a great older. teacher. You're a great uh, coach. <laughs> oh my God. And the kids were like, you know, and this guy said, you know, it's too much time spent. Did That's he ever crazy. juggle juggle like a? Because I remember he used to always tell me. Um, but this is I know when he was growing up. Like he used to juggle like an orange or a mango and then eat it. Uh, no, no, that I didn't do in the, the cab. But I, I've seen all the the movies that he made. Uh, by the way, he juggled the ball. I mean that ball from here to his head to, to his shoulder to go like this, and then he would stop. Then he would stop it in his head and go like this, and then he would make it roll down his. Wow, uh, that's crazy. I remember, Mark. I told you this a long time ago. This is, my dad told me a story of Pelé. My dad didn't get a chance to meet him, unfortunately. But uh, my dad went to a Greek doctor in the city, and he went to the same doctor Pelé went to. Oh, yeah, Do you I remember, remember you I told you this? I you sure it's a true story? Yeah, it's a true story. My dad, I, I wish I didn't see him this morning. He left uh, early today, but I wanted to ask him exactly what he said, because he told me this when I was young, when I was probably in middle school or something, and he told me this. He said... One of the things I remember that he told me is um, Pelé would go to the doctor's office like normal because no one really recognized. Everyone was American. They didn't really recognize him. He'd just sit in the waiting room till he went over there. I forgot what doctor it was. Well, you probably too. wouldn't expect it to be him. That's true. You're probably yeah. just like, oh, there's no way Pelé's But he said for a number of years office. he was over there. And uh, I for, like I said, I forgot what doctor it was. But uh, yeah, he was like, he was just a calm guy. He was like, you, you never expect, if you didn't know who he was, you didn't expect he'd be just a normal guy sitting in the waiting room, <laughs> Definitely waiting for guy. his turn. And, I'll, and I got I to gotta get more information about it. Yeah, ask your dad tonight. Um, yeah, for sure. The one, the one story that I had with Pelé. Uh, so obviously you, you put the love of Pelé uh, for me just growing up with this. And I wanted to meet him so bad. I was dying to meet him just because of the icon that he is. And uh, he was always my, my favorite, right? And I remember he was in the city, and we were young at the time. You weren't there. We were like 13, 14 mm -hmm. years old uh, with Ryan and with another friend of our, Matt. And uh, he was in the city doing something, and uh, I think he was. He, they did. They had an event, and we wanted to meet him. So many people we weren't able to. I had a jersey. I had a Pelé jersey. And I remember he was walking to the car, and we were crazy back then. I, this is not a advertisement for doing this. I, I remember the story. They were at the Empire State Building. And you told me you were taking the train to go to the city. And I told you, you're crazy. There's no way that you can get close to, yeah. to Pelé. There's no way. Yeah, so, okay. I think he did come out of the Empire State Building. Yeah, you're right. He must and, have been ringing the bell. Uh, and uh, what did they do so, and you State told building? me that in the front of the Empire State Building, there were hundreds of thousands of yeah. people. Uh, by you... And uh, you decided to go to the side because you saw a limousine <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. side <laughs> or right, on the probably, street. Right? Okay, so I'll say it one more time. Do not do this. Never do this. Uh, young, I was. We were stupid, thirteen-year-old uh, kids. And yes, we knew which one his. We saw which one his car was, uh, and everyone was waiting. And we're like, all right, there's no way he's gonna be there. So we said, we'll wait at the corner. And uh, right, we got very lucky. He went. He ended up getting into that car, secured everybody blocked off. He gets into the car, and they're at a red light on the corner. And uh, again, so stupid. I would never do this today, but I really wanted to meet him. I really wanted to get my shirt signed. And I was at the corner, and again, in the city. And I'm just like, please, I'm at the, you can't see anything because it's tinted windows. And I remember the, the window starts going down, and he just takes my shirt, me and Matt. He takes our shirt. Window goes back up, waiting at the light, waiting at the light. The guy goes, meet us at the next light. 
So he said, okay. So we run to the next corner, <laughs> get a light again. He goes, Pelin wants to know what your name is. Because he rolls the window down. Okay, okay. And then he wrote, to Marco. Uh, I don't remember what else is said on it. Uh, something very nice and signed the jersey to us. And um, Ryan was with us. Ryan couldn't keep up when we were running. So we ended up, he, had, we, he was only going a couple blocks away. So we kept up with the car because we really wanted to get a picture. Again, never do this running through New York City to, to get Pelé. Dangerous. Very bad, very bad. Wasn't that far, but it didn't feel like we were that much of a burden. Probably sounds crazy, right? Looking back, <laughs> we definitely were. So they ended up pulling over right away and we couldn't. I couldn't believe it. And it, we only ran a couple blocks. He gets out of the car and they start going into a restaurant and he was like, Man, you guys kept up with us. You're pretty fast. We said, yeah. I said, so sorry, dude. He goes, no problem. He goes, you got your shirt signed. He goes, you want to take a picture? And I was kind of like you. I was like, Jesus, I can't. Be- I couldn't yeah, believe that surprised. he was that he was telling me. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we take a picture. I take a picture. Matt takes a picture. I'll pop it up on uh, on the screen. And I just remember being so touched. And he asked us. I couldn't believe this. He's like, who do you guys think is going to win the World Cup? I think it was a 2014 World Cup. And I was like, I think I said uh, France or or something. Um, and he was like, he was like, okay. He's like, I think, I think he had Germany and, uh, and yeah, it was just amazing that. And then, so I said, Ryan couldn't keep up. So Ryan ends up showing afterwards and Pelé's already inside and we're just standing outside in this glass all around and we didn't want to bother him. We're not going to wait outside, right? We're just waiting for Ryan to come and Ryan is very persistent. He wanted to meet him so bad. Um, and so we're just there for a couple of seconds and Pelé saw us standing there and he sees Ryan come and his security guard comes out and he's like, what are you guys waiting for? He goes, you got your picture. I was like, yeah, yeah, well, no, we don't want anything. Uh, and then Ryan's like, I didn't get a picture with him. And he goes, okay, one second. He goes back inside. He goes, Pelé is inviting you inside the restaurant. We wow. said, no, there's no way. He goes, come inside. We go to Pelé's table. He comes out. He starts talking to us. And Ryan signs, takes his picture. He asks us where we're from. He said, yeah. I said, listen, you know. Um, like you're you're an idol for us. He said. I, he's like, yeah. I'm so surprised. He goes, you guys kept up. So you know, I decided to invite you inside. Make sure you get a picture. He goes, take another picture. He told me to take another picture with him. So I took a second picture. I said, okay, yeah, let's do it. I, I think I'm sweating. It was raining that day, so I'm soaking wet. Look like a maniac, but yeah, that was that was plan. I remember I told you, and you're like, no way. And for the best player in the world to do that is just like sick. He had every right to be like, get the hell out of here. You guys are sure. sick in the head. Don't come anywhere near us, but Tell we look like guys. we look like young kids that were just like dying to meet him, and yeah. that's what he was. Wow. I, you know, that's uh, that's Pele. I mean, who would invite you into into the restaurant? Never. I mean, who, nobody's ever going to invite you into the restaurant. You know, Antonio you, wouldn't even invite us to you, a restaurant if we were chasing him. Yeah, you you wait outside, and then you know when I'm done, maybe you take another picture, but not to invite you into the restaurant. But that's the way Pele was. That's why he's the greatest of them all. It's true. Wow. Oh, anything else we got? Wow. Any anything anything else about Pele that you remember or or people should remember about his time as a player? No, yeah, I think we uh I think we said it. You know, most of uh most of the kind of person that he was. Wow. The best thing is just to live on and to live the memories. Uh, that he that he had and keep um, the stories going keep them going yeah yeah just remember that like i think he's he's still such a good idol for the younger generation and we were talking about this before uh because rye we just did an interview with rye uh, who wanted to speak with you um and we were we were just talking about modern football and i was saying like even today there's no one really with that same message that he had 
like we think about how great players are and for sure Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, how, whoever you want to say is, is amazing, but there's no one who had that sort of feeling like talking about love, talking about what you're saying, you got to be a great person, live with integrity. And even the guy, Stefano, who we did the interview with was telling me a story about how uh, Pelé missed a penalty one time mm-hmm. and uh, sorry, not missed a penalty. The goalkeeper saved his penalty. And after the game, he swapped jerseys with him and he congratulated him, hugged him, even though he was so mad. And I think some people criticized Pelé for doing that. And he was like, no, no, no. The guy won. The guy beat me. He was better than me at that time. I respect him. I give him my jersey. Like that sort of thing, I feel like is definitely one of a kind. You don't come across that. For sure. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad, but you're blessed to have those stories that come to me. We'll make sure that they they live on. And now we have this this Whoever recording, wants, so yeah. we'll listen we could always remember them. So it's not that game of telephone of forgetting one day on uh, on how he was. Yeah, and if you guys too have any stories or something interesting that not a lot of people know about, definitely let us know. Uh, especially because we have a lot of people in the New York, New York area too. I'm sure I went to a bunch of Cosmos games or even had the That's true. had the g- great benefit, the pleasure to even see him or meet him or something we don't know about. Let us know on how, you know, keep his story going. I think that's the most important message too. Someone like Pelé, how to keep the story going. Let, make sure the future generations never forget about him or how he is. And the last thing, um, I think if they like these kind of like story time type of videos and reminiscing on yeah. old player, I think we got to do this before we have a reason. It sucks that sometimes we need it's reminders, true. you know, to do this sort of stuff. Uh, but we should, we should try like players that have impacted everyone. Um, like r- reminisce on these, like you have stuff about Bajo, um, the stuff about other players that all Long of us have, me. um, that, yeah, we gotta, we gotta start telling those stories For and sure. uh, make sure that they're heard. So rest in peace, uh, to Pele. No one will ever forget. I agree with you, King. Um, Greatest, greatest, greatest. And Gaetano, thank you for coming on here, sharing that amazing story. It touched me. I feel like I heard it a couple times, but just listening again, I was just in awe and shock. And I'm sure all the new people that listen to this, I'm sure they really appreciate all this. Edson Narantes do Nascimento. <laughs> hey, that's actually, that's Perfect. the last thing I should end with. That's a great is way Is you say always it. made me memorize his name. I'll never forget that. Edson Arantes do Nascimento. You used to tell me, you're like, what's Pele's real na- full name? And I would just... I remember I just, I, I memorized it, right? He was named after Thomas Edison, right? Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The light in the morning, he came out to the light and the mother thought about this is my light. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What a wow. good way to Beautiful. end Beautiful. Guys, thank you for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, Ciao guys. Grazie.